podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast for another packed show. We've got more Ashes action as the Aussie women retain the Ashes and we preview the fourth men's test. Before we move on to some other test match cricket, India are in action, Sri Lanka in action, West Indies are in action and Pakistan are in action. Not necessarily in that order. If we have time, we'll also do some major league cricket and questions. I'm Jack Hope. I'm joined by Max Rowe-Brown. How are you doing, Max Rowe-Brown? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Um, it's nice, we've all got the same webcam now, so we're all uh, exactly in the same proportion, exactly the same definition, so lucky you, YouTube viewer. Yeah. Unlucky you if you're listening on Spotify. Go and have a look and see how sharp we are. <laughs> exactly, you can see all the crow's feet on our slightly sun-worn, ageing faces. Uh, we've got Ross Legg here as well. How are you doing, Ross Legg? Are you feeling sun-worn after the, the weekend of cricket? Yeah, I'm, I'm aching today. I played back-to-back games. So uh, when you're into your 30s, and uh, I used to do that for fun in uh, in my 20s, now I, uh, I need some wheels on this chair so I can get around. <laughs> uh, uh, fantastic. Um, on, the, on the topic of cricket, let's do a sponsor shout-out straight away. We are sponsored by Serious Cricket. Use the code TCP23 for 10% off cricket equipment over at seriouscricket.co.uk. I bought some new boots for them for the weekend. Uh, things were going well. I was 19, not out. We were chasing 135. We were on 75 for three max. It was looking good. Um, I was run out, so the boots didn't save me on, on that, that occasion. Not you weren't run fault. out by the boots. <laughs> not run out by the boots, but I, I was run out. Um, you can head over to Serious Cricket and, and hopefully have a better day out than I did with your new equipment. They, they look good. Um, they look good. You have to be yeah. a good player. Do have neon green boots, Jack, and uh, Ooh, I like nice. that you've got, you've gone uh, you've just gone with a bit of fleck. You know, like um, the boy racers used to have, like the the detailing down the side of the car flames. <laughs> you've done that, but to your shoes, which I, I respect. Um, yeah, the keeper actually did notice they had green laces. I didn't I didn't even notice they had green laces, and the keeper was giving me some um, for, for having boots with green laces. You're opening yourself up to it. It's a bit like a centre back having like those those bright yellow flashy ones, the messy shoes. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, normally I get the best of the team, so, so joke's on them. On this particular <laughs> occasion, on this particular occasion, Cash, our, our dashing number four, ran me out. Um, and, and then I was, it, was, it was actually a great game, just to digress slightly. We were, we were 75 for three, chasing 135. You're, it's in the bag. It's absolutely in the bag there. Four and five are both on 20, not out. Yeah, a little wobble, wobble but we're, we're cruising. Uh, I'm run out. The next over, Cash, number four, dashing number four, smashes one down long off throat for no reason. We had 30 overs to get 60 more runs. Just hit it to the only fielder on the boundary. Uh, we collapse. We're 104 for nine. And then our 11 and 10 get the, get the winning runs. Um, the guy who hit the winning runs, he hit his first boundary two weeks ago. Unbelievable. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, he's 32. <laughs> he literally, like, there's a spinner came on. He tracked him, hit for four. Everyone could not believe what was happening. Right. We are actually here to talk about professional cricket. We don't just, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes something good happens in amateur cricket and, it, and it's worth getting on the show. And, it, and if you can do that as part of an ad, sure. Let's get on to the real deal. We'll start with the women's ashes because we have, we have something of a result in the series now, don't we? I said the Aussie women have won. Well, they they won the match that meant they retained the Ashes, which is kind of like winning the Ashes, I think. Ross, did you catch any of it on Sunday? Did you enjoy it? What what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, 
what I thought is that Alyssa Perry is still insanely good. Um, it still must be so frustrating for to, like to play. You know, actually, I'm going to make a nice little comparison here. You know, like in the tennis at Wimbledon, they've only had like four champions since, until tomorrow for like the last 20 years. It yeah. feels like to me, since we've been following cricket, Alyssa Perry has been the person in women's cricket who is always just dominating. And Australia have been dominating for so long. And it was kind of her again hitting runs here um, that made what well, ultimately was a, was a big difference alongside um, Georgia Wareham's kind of what, I think it was 20 or 24 off the final over that kind of propelled 26. them to... 26. Yeah. 26. Yeah. It was 26. It was 26. Wow. Um, and that it's just one of those signs of a champion team where you've got big champion players and in clutch moments um, pulling things out of the bag. Um, but what I was really impressed with, and maybe this is, maybe I don't know, whether it's a losing attitude, I don't know, but I was actually really quite proud of what the England women have done in this series. Um, they have not kind of bowed down um, they've gone pretty much toe-to-toe toe to toe with the Australians. And I'm not sure if this is England reaching their peak and there's still a, there's still a little bit more to go. And you can see some of the younger players like Alex Capsi, et cetera, kind of coming through and really showing that like, England can make that next step up and be aggressive as well in terms of the ODIs and T20s. Um, or it's Australia actually going down the other side of their peak. Um, and it's, it's quite a nice positioning at the moment. And we've still got one more um, ODI to go. And England can kind of still draw um, the ashes. I know it kind of stays with Australia, but that would be a big, big achievement, I think. I think it would be pretty f- phenomenal as well. Um, if they, if they, you know, what, what England have achieved so far, I think, yeah, Ross, you can be proud of that. I think they'll be proud of it. I think they'll really want to draw the series overall. Because I think that would be a huge statement. Uh, if they were to do that, they'd have won both of the white ball series against, you know, the the god squad basically they're they're (laughs) they're really really excellent the the australian women's team um max a question for you do you think this is england really playing up and fulfilling some potential do you think there's maybe a bit of luck in there do you think the aussies aren't aren't firing on all cylinders or is this maybe a sign that the rest of the world is catching up with the the aforementioned god squad well i think the fact that every game so far has been so close and you know it's it's over a a reasonable period of time now and and three formats of cricket and I think it's an indication that that maybe the gap is finally closing maybe there's a belief aspect in there maybe you know after the test match being so close and England being in a position where I mean realistically they were in a position to win that game and Mm. you know it was a an amazing spell of um bowling and perhaps a, a bit of bit of nerves that ended um ended that that hope but maybe that gave them, I don't know, a bit of belief to think, hang on a minute, actually, we are as good as these guys. Maybe a change of attitude. I mean, they spoke, um, it was the the ODI, the last ODI game, wasn't it? Kate, Kate Cross basically was um, saying the the message was just, it. it's not um, it's not Ash Gardner bowling, it was just an off spinner. You play them in the nets all the time. And that maybe that change of attitude has brought about something, a bit of fearlessness that's allowed them to get that bit closer because we've always known the quality of some of the uh the England players and it's again it was like they were in a position to win this game and it's gone down to maybe a couple of tough drop catches although Australia dropped a couple as well so maybe that evens out but you know obviously the last over was um a massive turning point in um in the game but I, I think I think we are seeing um a sign of things getting a bit closer and like you say I mean this Australia team has been around for almost forever it seems so that it's hard to sustain a level when you're the best in the world like 
you <laughs> you got to get yourself up to the task of trying to beat everyone all the time and and that's not necessarily always the easiest thing to do so maybe they've had a bit of a shock as well at, at England coming out but I think yeah drawing the series has um, got to be on the cards and something they'll be looking for but um, as you say as much as I'll be proud of their performance I think they will have to be sitting there looking and thinking this is a missed opportunity Australia have been there for the taking in this series and you know they've, they've won some some brilliant games but the ones they lost they'll be sitting looking at them and there'll be regrets about you're, you're gonna be, how those games you're gonna, you're were gonna lost. You're going to be a tough dad one day, Max. You are. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I, not I, saying. I, I'm not saying they should feel that way. They should be proud, 100. percent But they will be disappointed, and um, and that's the kind of attitude you want. You need to have, I suppose, if you want to catch up with the best in the world. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I think it's been a fantastic series, and uh, it would be really, really nice if they can go out and win the final ODI. And like you say, Jack, win, winning those two white ball series against the world champions, that's that's huge. Yeah, I I agree with you, Max. I think that they'll they'll they will ultimately be disappointed. Um, there's no way. I I was watching the the, the first innings. Um, it kind of clashed. It was one of those games that clashed with Wimbledon. And my girlfriend was quite yeah. into Wimbledon this year, so I, I, I yeah. didn't catch. And it was there. one of one of the finals of all time. Well, yeah, we're not, but I'm it's just, a cricket podcast. Goes on for a that. long time, doesn't it, tennis? Uh, <laughs> you know, people talk about cricket. It's not like cricket. Five cricket hours. Five hours of just two guys. Anyway, like um, <laughs> I, uh, so I watched. I watched the last ten overs, and I, I, I think England blew it slightly. I think they uh, Perry back quite well, but not that well. Um, used up a lot of balls, dropping her three times. I, I think any any one of those catches taken, you just sort of really really derail the innings, and then the mm-hmm. final over to go for twenty six, and it's not a good over as well. It's not. It, well, look, look. Anytime you get thirty seven or fourteen balls, you're batted well, but there is a yin to the yang. Like you need a few balls in the slot to dump over mid wicket um, to yeah. do that, and and I, I think. I think going into that final over, if England should have been like, look, if they get 10 here, great. Let's bowl an over that goes for 10 and we'll be chasing, what, what would that have been, 265? 260, yeah. 270? Yeah. yeah. Like, you're, you're, that's that's extremely gettable. 280-odd is was pretty tough. And even with Silver Brunt batting exceptionally well, taking it down to the final, what, three balls? Was it nine or three balls, eight or three balls? Um, yeah. Well, it was five still, off the it last basically one. Just, it was, yeah basically just a, a few too many runs and, and that over the last 10 overs in general for England uh, with the ball were were mildly sloppy um, and well, that the, I think the is the difference room, engine room didn't fire did it either so Danny yeah. Wyatt and Alex Capsi in the middle they, they are there to well, try yeah. and put pressure back on the team they just didn't fire unfortunately uh, exactly and I, I think as well you see every single time we talk about this Australia team we, we say it again every single one of those players is like a world 11 player like they they all contribute so much and and again you know like they, there's no other women's team in the world none where the player batting at what eight comes in and gets 37 or 14 balls it just yeah, does I mean, not happen right <laughs> like, there, there isn't that's so deep that. and that's that like i do think even made some mistakes but that's still that's extreme talent there and again with the ball they've got about seven thousand spinners it seems um, packed into that eleven, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and they're all the best in the world at bowling spin. So it's 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 well, Eccleston aside, obviously, but it, it's kind of they crush you from all angles. Mm. So that's that. Um, should we move on to the men? Yeah, we shall move on to the men then. Uh, where do we, we want to start here? So we, we've talked about it a few times. We should maybe start with the England team because we actually know um, the eleven there, and I'm hoping 
if things have gone well, that one of you has got the 11 up in front of you and can recite that to me. Uh, I'm looking at Ross. He has a smile on his face. So I'm going to throw you that. As he types to look for We've got Marcus Trescothic opening up with... Um... <laughs> And then Nick Compton. Peter Trago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, the, the, the big thing is, is you've got Zach Crawley opening up with Duckett. Moeen Alley is scheduled to come in at three. They're keeping with that experiment. Uh, Joe Root's in at four. Harry Brook is returning to his favoured fifth position. Um, Stokes is in at six. Bearstow's in at seven. And then you've got kind of the, the master of kind of what Wood, Broad, um, Anderson and... Wokes. The other, wokes, yeah. Wokes so, at um, eight. Yeah, Wokes at eight. So, uh, I like, so the two selection decisions ultimately are, are keeping keeping Moeen Alley at three and um, Jimmy Anderson coming in for Robinson, which I think is, is a big that's a big call, I think. Right, which one should we do first? Let's do, let's do Moeen at three. Max, this is the ultimate baseball move, isn't it? Like they, yeah. they, saw it, they saw it not work in the second innings <laughs> at, at, at Headingley, but because... Because what happened later did work, they've been like, the vibes must be right. Moeen will bat at three, and that means Brooke will get a match-winning 80 yeah. for us at, uh, yeah, man. at Old Trafford. It, um, it's all about the it, feng shui. They've moved the sofa into a place <laughs> where it doesn't really go, but that means the armchair really pings, and it really sets off the feature wall. And, um, and as a whole, that's a better room than it was before. And that's what England are going for here, right? Moeen Ali um... at three compared to Moeen Ali at seven probably isn't going to make that much difference. But if you can then make sure that Root's happy at four, Brooks happy at five, um, the, the, the benefit you get from that, I think they've decided is worth it. Um, and then, you know, maybe Moeen gets a kick, quick, kick, quick 20 and... That's like, that's all right, isn't it? I mean, we've been we've been trying an experiment that hasn't worked quick for about two years. Your test about? match number three. Yeah, yeah. I think genuinely, I think if Maureen gets a quick twenty, they're going to be looking at that, being like, "Job done. That's worked." I, 100%, genuinely, a hundred percent. I I agree with that. Um, I, I agree with. <laughs> I'm not the saying it's right. <laughs> it is. It is kind of bonkers. I I've got another question though here. Who's Joe Root in this analogy? Is he like the fireplace? You can't really move the fireplace from number yeah. four. The fireplace is, yeah. is a permanent fixture. Or he's there. just just um, like the floorboards that you've really beautifully sanded down yeah. and varnished. So it's like it's a perfect aspect of the room, but you can't move the floor. Um, even though um, we've got subsidence, and it would be better if we did raise the floor, maybe up just just <laughs> just, one, just just for just now. One. Yeah, yeah, just just for a little bit. Uh, Ross, um, I, 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 my contention, and I think I said this on the podcast, if I didn't, I'm sorry, was that for in this particular set of circumstances, Route 3 is an absolute no-brainer. Um, you're nodding. Yeah. Why, is, there, is this a double bluff? Is Root going to bat three and Moeen's going to be no, down? No, no, no. Moeen Alley's going to bat three. Moeen Alley has a batting average of 13.14 <laughs> at three. That, that like, like I said, twenty good result. Yeah, he's seven seven innings. He's he's had at third position, uh, ninety two runs into cumulative total at that position. Like he is not built for number three, um, but it's it's what they want to do to protect that middle order. Like what what is the best case scenario? Like he batted, I think what uh, not last test, the test before um, 
when Jack, you were saying, oh, we batted too slowly kind of in that position. Um, and I think you faced 46 balls in there. That's like the best case scenario for yeah. what happens here. Like we, are, we are shifting back to the dentury. That is what England are doing right now. We, we need to, if we lose a quick wicket, we need to get somebody in there as a sacrifice just to protect that middle, middle, um, middle over, which is where we have the best batsman of England's all time position, he's still got he's got a good record at three as well. And you know, we've got Brooke, Bairstow and Stokes going to be in that position. It just, yeah, it, it feels well. I mean, stra- it feels strange. I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. If you don't play root there, I mean, like I, we, I, I, I am, I understand. Max, you made the argument about the furniture, and that probably is very close to the discussion. Genuinely, pretty close, I reckon, to the discussion they had when they decided they were going to do this. Mo and Ali, the chaise lounge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I like I am looking at this and I'm thinking like Rook could bat bat at three. Brooks tried it once. He only had one go. They <laughs> were like, no, back down to five. <laughs> yeah, and uh, all the rope they give Zach Crawley opening. Yeah. Like you get one chance and one chance only, Brookie. <laughs> um, Stokes doesn't bowl anymore. He's a full time batter with with a with an excellent technique. Pretty good against. You can't move Stokes, bowling. mate. You can't move Stokes. But Stokes Stokes is not allowed as well. What Stokes? Nope. Is, if if he's not the if if Root isn't the fireplace, then Stokes must be the fireplace. Yeah, he's definitely the fireplace. Yeah. He's, he's got ginger yeah. hair; he's on fire. Um, Brilliant, thank you. So you uh, so by process of elimination, because other people cannot be moved for various reasons, it is going to be Mo and Ali. And I I think I'm just going to put this on record. I think this is bonkers. I think over under as well. I think England know this. I think they do know this is back bonkers. I think if you said right now, forty runs Mo and Ali for the test. They'd bite your hand off for it. I think they'd be like, "Yes, that's yeah. such a good deal." Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And move, that move is the insane. chips in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is absolutely <laughs> preposterous. That that, we're, that that is actually a thought process. And, that, and the other, we're, the we're, other we're, we're all brainwashed. It's, it's, it's preposterous, and we're okay with it. No, I'm not okay. I'm, 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 I'm one of the biggest moment Ali fans going, but it's not England's Test match number three. We're going to what? He, he literally only unretired two tests ago. <laughs> not three tests ago. Yeah. It's like this is it's madness. Mental. I think the other thing. I mean, like, what, what's going on here? There's, there's a big, there's a wider dynamic going on. We're three tests. We're into going into the fourth test of a five test series where both sides have suffered some injuries. Um, the series has taken on sort of a, a bigger, you know, a, a, a bigger. It's a it's a bigger moment in Ashes history than the average Ashes series. I think it's a bigger mm. moment in cricket history than the the average uh, Ashes seminal. Series. You know, it's 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 baseball. The new the new boys versus the World Test champions. Um, it's a team trying to win an Ashes series away for the first time in twenty years. Uh, it's got the focus of the home nation in a way that not all Ashes series do capture the imagination it's, it's you know one in two one in three probably capture the the feeling the moment of the summer in the way that this one has and basically all to, both teams are now just like well we've got to go all in we'll get to australia and and their country because they're just as bonkers as mowing alley at, at three i reckon but like that is basically what england are doing they're they're not thinking about this logically they're thinking with what we have sort of at hand right now who can we jam into number three and maybe get 40 runs from and they're looking, looking up and down, and they've been like, "Well, it has to be Moe and Ali." And I'm and sure, fair, I'm he's, sure he's, he's a, a senior player, right? He is a senior player. He's I got look, no career that. to play for, right? He's literally just like he's got, you get a free, free, free roll of the dice. Yeah, they've got, I, they've I, got I, an eleven-piece puzzle set, and um, basically they they put it together and they've gone. I don't think this quite works. So how do we make it look the best it can with the eleven pieces they've got, <laughs> I, and not yeah. for actually? Are the other two pieces in this box over here? I don't know. 
Right, look, so that's Moen. I mean, I think we've said our piece on it. 40 runs, if they get that, I think England will have done pretty well. Uh, the other and he'll one, be there at the um, Oval. <laughs> and this is this is, this is is slightly bonkers, I think. Uh, Ollie Robertson, you know, he goes down injured. He, he writes in his column that actually he was fit to bowl on the third day of the test and that he's 100% fit for Manchester. He wrote that three days ago. I said it on TalkSport yesterday, um, and that's obviously been proved to be wrong, but I did correct the presenter twice. So Yeah, that was funny. You know, it was 2-1. Well, uh, what goes around comes around, yeah. Uh, England, have, instead, they've gone for a guy with 680 wickets and still some England fans aren't satisfied with that. Um, <laughs> Russ, can you talk me through why England were wrong to replace their injured player with a man with 680 test wickets? <laughs> so I just think in terms of... Uh, if, if someone is declaring themselves fit, and I mean, he did have back spasms, sure, but Ollie Robinson has bowled pretty well, I think, over this the course of... Uh, over the course of the Ashes. Um, Jimmy Anderson has unfortunately not. Jimmy Anderson has bowled, well, for Jimmy Anderson standards, like below par um, is probably the polite way he'd probably put it. So I think, again, there's the bit around the batting as well. In in this test match, you've seen how important the runs have been down the, down the tail um, for England and for Australia to that matter as well. Um, Jimmy Anderson can't bat. Like this, this fundamentally, but we're, we're but we're falling back into England three four years ago where we are trying to talk about bowlers as if how good they are at batting, um, and so Jimmy Anderson has got a point to prove, um, which we know quite a lot of these England players, Johnny Bairstow, Stuart Broad, Jimmy Anderson falls into that category, Stokes falls into that category. When they have something to prove, they typically perform or overperform um, in the game. So it is at Old Trafford, which is Jimmy Anderson's home gr- home ground. There's a Jimmy Anderson. Uh, end which you'll probably be rolling from so again I think this is it's a narrative pick Ben Stokes has been at the IPL he's been with MS Dhoni he's seen the rich tapestry of the IPL and how that gets written and he's just like this has to be the right thing Jimmy Anderson coming back home ground almost farewell test match it can only go brilliantly for England I think there's a bunch of things wrong with that I don't know if people play better when they when they prove a point. Mainly, my main objection, though, is you don't write a tapestry. Um, <laughs> tapestries famously not written. Um, Max, Ross seems to be fine, James Anderson. Uh, are, are you? Mm, yeah. Josh Tong, should uh, we have gone there? Should England have, should well, England uh, have Josh Tong? I mean, I, th- I think I'm definitely in the camp of pick the guy with 680 test wickets, not the bloke who's played two tests and looked decent. Like you have literally the guy who is your all-time best, and he's had a few games where he's been slightly off the boil. Does that mean that he's old and past it and can't do it? Maybe, maybe this is the end of James Anderson. But I think it's also just as likely that actually he's just having a few off days because I don't know. Maybe he maybe he was injured. Shoe wasn't on quite properly. Maybe he's not quite. Wasn't quite ready, maybe. I mean, I don't know. There could be a bunch of reasons. Maybe he didn't have a good enough breakfast. But like, it's this is a guy who is literally a legend and still... He's been getting better, that's the thing. Like We've been saying, James, oh, he's 40 now, Like, can he still do it? And then he's been going overseas, bowling in you know, India. or and, and he's been bowling better than he's ever done away from home. And... He's improving. Like there, there was a record about how many wickets he gets in the in the second innings of Test match, and he's been improving that. He's been making improvements on his game at the age of thirty eight, thirty nine, forty. So I, I think just to look at a few games and be like, well, he's been 
he's been crap. We should probably get rid of him. I think taking him out of the last test was 100% the right thing to do and give him a chance just to reset. And I, I think bringing him back is, is absolutely fine. I mean, Robinson, maybe he is fit, but he played three tests on the bounce and, and he broke down. So mm-hmm. I think it's also worth giving him, a, giving him a rest. And Josh Tong is what you pick if neither of those two are available. Okay, well there we go. Let's do let's do some Australian stuff. So the big question here is going to, I think, be Dave Warner at the top of the order. Now there's been some developments on this run, um, and we'll I'm going to talk you through the developments. Uh, Barrett Sunderason, who I'm pretty sure at this hot, time hot is, off the press. His full time job, I think, is to go to the Australian nets and tweet about what is happening at the Australian nets. That they just he just seems it's to follow them gig. around the world. Great gig, if you yeah, get yeah. 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 Um, he said that only three Australian batters have been practicing with the new ball warner harris and kawaja which i think scotches some of the crazy suggestions that people were throwing out in into the the cricketing ether um, that would suggest there's no green going up there no marsh and no manus so you narrow it down to three uh, there's also Tra- been the Tra- travis head was in that mixer as well by the way yeah yeah but not practicing with the new ball and that is crucial here max, uh, max ross um there's been a bit there's been a bit of a charm offensive from some of the aussies as well kawaja one of the greatest openers of all time. He, he called Dave Warner, which may be fair. He, he's been pretty good. Uh, Marcus Harris, the other opener, the guy who could get the job. Davey's obviously a bit of a lightning rod for opinion, but I think they've done really well as an opening partnership when you can get the team off to a good start. And slightly controversial after the last. So he, he doesn't he doesn't fancy it then. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, most interestingly, though, is the third entrant in the charm offensive, and this actually comes from the England. David side. Warner. <laughs> Stuart Broad. Stuart Broad is a direct <laughs> quote. No. The truth is, I've always found it difficult bowling to Davey, and I still do. So, Ross, um, what's going on here? Is this... Is this it, Broad, is, he's definitely been the double agent here, isn't he? He's definitely Shithousery number one. Don't pick, don't pick David Warner. And Australia, they've fallen into it here. Like the both other openers are, are, are like, yeah, we want Davy out there. Even the guy who who would have would have got the job, they're going yeah. with Warner, aren't they? That, that's what no, the tea leads pointing to Warner. Yeah, they they go to Warner. Like they, they there's, I don't think they can move around it, right? I think there is just that bit. I, it, if, if Stuart Broad is saying that he finds it really difficult to bowl through, and he's only he's only taken his wicket like seventeen times. Well, I said the, like, the you, problem you know, that Stuart Broad's got is it's really hard for him to decide which method of dismissal he's going to go for at any given time. <laughs> Yeah, it's really confusing. <laughs> yeah, what what celebration am I going to do when I take it? This yeah, it's so, much it's to think so about. difficult. Um, yeah, well, Warner playing. I'm not surprised. Um, I, it is one of those things. The guy is clearly coming to the end of his Test match career, um, and maybe it's just that one last hurrah, right? Go out and play with freedom, and maybe they're trying to get uh, the maybe the nine day rest has actually done him a world of good, and he will go out and play with that freedom. Um, but the issue still remains that Stuart Broad bowls the same delivery. Warner gets out in the same way. Um, I will put uh, a nice bet on with anyone who's uh, in the in the YouTube comments of him snicking off to Broad to Zach Crawley at second slip. Yeah, I think there's 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 certainly the possibility of that. Um, uh, if we assume Warner is going to play, and I think it probably is fair to say that he will, that that means I'll have some selection choices to make later on. Uh, there was some more mm. buzz coming out of Aussie team training at Old Trafford. And we saw the pitch, by the way, not that green pitch report. No. Not that, looked like a normal pitch. Um, Marsh B Green probably becomes the other choice, Max, because surely... <laughs> No-brainer. Absolute no-brainer, this one. Well, um, Mitch Marsh vibes. Th- has they to be, have. Has to be Mitch Marsh. Has to be. 
They had they were doing slip practice, Ross, and they had Mitch Marsh at gully with Cam they Green did. running running with the reserves. Why do they go with Marsh? I don't understand. Well, he's he's just battered a century against us. <laughs> no, that's that's a big one, and he was more potent with the ball than Cam Green was. Um, so I think that you you can't drop a guy, you can't parachute a guy in who then hits a century and then go, thanks mate, see you later. Here's a guy we're gonna have to bring in this big big guy who's actually hit no no runs at all and bowl like a fucking drain. Like this is not gonna happen. Mitch Marsh, that is his spot for Australia. Max, I think this is. I was talking about this with England. Like th- you're, you're making the selections for now. This is pure payoff. There's no in, there's no thinking about the future. They're not worried about Pakistan coming over to to Australia later in the year or whatever. They are basically thinking Mitch Marsh, Cameron Green, we've decided we're going with David Warner. Only one of you can fit in. And, and is Ross right that they should go for Marsh? Or is actually, you know, two tests ago, same same situation, same situation, same decision making, and they, they went with Green. Like, yeah. has the paradigm shifted? Has it actually shifted that much? From one from one game and one innings? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think, like, do you, who do you think Eight. is your... Who do you think is your best all-rounder? And, and that's the one you go with. Like, Mitch Marsh um, scored a very good belligerent 100 um, in, a, in a losing effort. Um, it, should be, <laughs> it should be mentioned. Um, I, he, he looks all right with the ball. But, I mean, you got a couple of wickets from just England players. Was it Zach Crawley was one of them? So, you know, that's just a free wicket both when he's... Of them, both, of them. both of them. Right. Zach Crawley in his 40s were both of his wickets. I mean, that's just free, isn't it? That's a free wicket. Um, and, I mean, I mean, he could have been he could have been caught in the slips on 12 and we wouldn't even be talking about this. But I I, I think, I mean, you have to say, like, yeah, it was a brilliant performance and, and fair play to him stepping up. But, like, if he was in there because Cameron Green was injured and they think he's the better player, then I would... Then you got to... You stick with it. But maybe... Maybe Cameron Green's still not quite feeling it. With the, was it a hamstring or a groin? He he had some no. something like that. So maybe that's maybe well, that maybe maybe, maybe he plays instead of Boland. Maybe they go. Do you know what? All we need to draw, do is draw the, All we need to do is draw this game. Well, there's going to be some rain about. Look, um, we have done a little bit longer on the Ashes than we expected. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, we will be doing shows after Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. We don't we don't do Saturday. That's the that's the day of us playing. Come on, uh, give us that. Um, so we'll be, we'll be, you know, seeing what happens then and talking about the selection stuff then as well. Can we have some predictions though, really quickly, Ross? I know you're leaving after this little segment, mm-hmm. so you can go first. Who do you think is going to win the crucial fourth test? All vibes, England. Okay, Max. Um, I think I think England are going to. It's going to be a famous declaration to uh, try and get a victory out of a, a potentially wet draw situation and uh, it's going to spectacularly backfire and Australia are going to win I'm going to go with the draw I think that I think we're going to lose the whole of Saturday and, yeah um, it doesn't look great I mean, it? Th- fucking playing cricket in Manchester that's so stupid uh, <laughs> lads <laughs> don't worry they the won't be in 2027 it's fine <laughs> yeah exactly good good thank god <laughs> uh, that's the Ashes done We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Then Max and I are going to reconvene to talk about some test cricket from around the world. There was some some T20 blast action talking about teams from the South doing Mm. well. Mm. Cricket in the South. So maybe we'll cover that. Up the summer set. And uh, a couple of questions. Ross, goodbye. Goodbye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast for part two of our show, where we'll be covering India v. the West Indies Major League Cricket Maybe quickly Pakistan, 
in Sri Lanka. Uh, some questions, and there's some blast action. We're going to get through it pretty quickly, pretty snappy, Max. After we mentioned that we're sponsored by Manscaped, use the code twenty. Use the code twenty percent off. No, use the code CricketPod for twenty percent off and free shipping with our friends at Manscaped. Head to the show notes, click the link, get involved, get your performance package four point zero. That's what I would recommend, Max. Performance package yep. four point zero. They sent one to us, not one to share. One each. <laughs> Uh, and, and I have it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yes. <laughs> we leave it in a Dropbox in South London. <laughs> I can heartily recommend it uh, based on personal experience. Once again, use the code CricketPod for 20% off plus free shipping with our friends at Manscaped. Max, um, this is what happened when India went to West Indies. They turned up in Dominica, took loads of photos in their new sexy kit. Um, and it's, it's an interesting kit. It is new um, and sexy got adidas stripes on the on the shoulders like the shoulder lapels uh, in blue they've ruined it slightly with the is it bijou the, the sponsor i can't remember dream 11 that's dream 11 the sponsor the red the dream 11 i think that does ruin it but it was a, it was a good effort on the kit front uh, when it came to the crickets they destroyed the west indies i think it's probably fair to say bowled them out for 150 ashwin took five for 60 Scored 421. Uh, Jayaswal on debut, 171 runs for him. Pretty good innings. And in the second innings, uh, Ashwin took seven for 71. Which of the stories from this game would you like to talk about first? Ashwin was very good. Jayaswal was very good. West Indies were quite bad. They're, they're the three options. Uh, let's go with. Um, let's start with the positive and go go with Ashwin. Um... Interesting that uh, India rocked up in the West Indies and they uh, rolled out a um, a nice bouncy turny pitch for them. That was that was very hospitable, I thought. And uh, <laughs> and um, I did, Ashwin I did took think this. Yeah, yeah. Ashwin took, it took did, full full benefit it from did, it. I mean, it's just a bit weird, isn't it? It did occur to me that um, maybe playing on a pitch where Raheem Cornwall was getting five point five degrees of turn on day three played slightly into India's hands. Uh, now, what I thought West Indies would do was roll out the basically the template that they used against England in March last year and just see if they could get a draw. Um, yeah. they've, got, they've got a few batters who like to dig in, the Brathwaite being the, the, the ringleader of that approach. But mm. um, young Chandapal, he's, he's, he likes a little bit of a block, doesn't he? And then they've got some kind of attritional bowlers. Holder can bowl long spells. Kemar Roach has got a decent spell in him. Maybe they get a bit lucky. Maybe Alzari Joseph bowls quickly and they knock a few Indians over and, and they set up a chance of winning. This was definitely not the pathway to victory. Uh, this was definitely the pathway to getting Ashwin's mojo back after he was dropped uh, for the World Test Championship final. Um, it's pretty bonkers, isn't it? How good one, how good he is, and two, how he ended up not playing uh, in the World Series so Championship yes, final. The team could accommodate <laughs> Umesh Yadav, um, yeah, or Shardul Takur. Um, it's good. I mean, look, it is great to see him back bowling well. Um, he is a lot of fun to watch. It did really feel like it was a, a, a one-sided battle, though. It wasn't. You know, spinners when they're at the best, or when it's most fun to watch a spinner, I think, is when over a few overs they kind of slowly work a player out. Um, and Ashwin yeah. is a master of doing this, absolute master. Of doing but every this. now and then, you know, you disappear for a six or two, and and you know, there's yeah. there's jeopardy for both sides of it. But yeah, this was just like, it was a 
it was a this wasn't a battle this was a no, rout. it was just someone yeah. playing with their food really it was it was it was like ashwin was a cat and west indies were mice and he yeah. ate 12 of them <laughs> which, which, which is a lot guts and all <laughs> yeah so that's that that's the, the deep dive on ashwin uh we also jaiswal who looked a million dollars max scoring 100 and, was it 171 i said it in the yeah. preview but 171 on, on debut um it's a, the first look that quite a few people have got of him outside of india i think i mean obviously if you're an ipl aficionado you'll have seen him rocking his stuff with a lot of success for rajasthan royals uh in the last season yeah, but you wouldn't uh, necessarily. Well. Yeah, he wouldn't necessarily expect that, would you, to translate to 171 of 387 balls? That's, no, that's uh, the, that's... quite the different Jaiswal that we would be used to. But I mean, that's a hell of a way to announce yourself, isn't it? On uh, um, it was incredible. Your debut. Um, and I think, I mean, like we we sort of slightly talked down Ashwin's 12fer, if you can talk down a 12fer, because yeah, he, we should probably he, talk this down just, a bit. No, no, no. I think actually slightly the opposite. I think no. Ashwin v the West Indies on a tourney pitch is is uh, that's only going to go one way. Um, what we got was probably one wicket more than Ashwin would normally get in those circumstances. <laughs> he bowled like only a bit better than he normally bowls. I think um, West Indies bowling is still not pants. Like the, oh, that's, the West that's Indies, fair, yeah. the West Indies are pants because their batting is really, really pants. The bowling. You know, Kemar Roach, a really good bowler, particularly to left-handers. And I know it wasn't the pitch for him, but that still is a thing. Um, the spinners aren't awful. Alzari Joseph is a decent player. Jason Holder is one of the best dry bowlers in the world. Uh, so there was a test, is what I'm saying for Jaisal here. This wasn't yeah. this wasn't free runs. These weren't free runs. Um, and I, I think actually it is a real statement. And I was I was highly impressed with with what he achieved. I wasn't quite as impressed as Simon Hughes who, when he was on 14 not out after the end of day one, was basically like, this is the coming of second, the second coming of Christ. Um, but maybe Simon Hughes was right, because he did go maybe on to get right. 131 yeah. runs. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I would say, from this test match, big big win for Jaiswal. I, I enjoyed what I saw of it. And Do you think I, his I, Man I, of the I Match award was uh, deserved then over Ashwin? He didn't really. Did he? He didn't Jaiswal really get Man of the Match. Jaiswal did, yeah. Right, well, that, that is silly. That is a bit silly. <laughs> But I think I think as personal achievements go, Jaiswal's achievement on debut against that bowling attack is better than India's best spinner of all time taking twelve wickets against a bad team on a spinning pitch. Now, you know their personal achievements in terms of winning the cricket match. If you take twelve for one hundred and twenty, you have bowled <laughs> out more than match. half. You taken more than half the wickets. That's ridiculous. I can't believe. Yeah, I'm angry about that, yep. Max. No. <laughs> anyway, look. Yeah, uh, the other, but... the other story is West Indies being quite bad. Shocking. Um, it's been a shocking month for West Indies cricket, hasn't it? Oh God, yeah. I mean, all formats really. Yeah, obviously failing to make it to the World Cup, and it's just it's one thing after another, isn't it? And you just wonder what the change that they can make is then. I mean the the CPL as you know as a franchise tournament has it's been like sort of middling you know people go there it's a good place to play they get you know they get decent players in it's like it's a decent tournament but you wonder now as with with the development of franchise cricket with things like the SA20 and maybe less so major league cricket but maybe major league cricket whether that's going to fall further down the pecking order and, w- and whether you, it's going to get worse before it gets better 
Um, that's that's my concern. That this is like we're we're not talking like the bottom here. This could be, you know, on worse. the slippery slope to to something a whole lot worse. Um, and it's um, it's a shame. But yeah, I mean, it's it's clearly the batting that's the problem, isn't it? I yeah, mean, it's, I none mean, of them yeah. average more than like thirty at best, and it's, yeah, I think it's a shit show. Thirty-five, and that's it. Yeah. It might be the only one over thirty. Which it, it, it's it is it is pretty bad. What I will say though is that you know this does sort of happen, and cricket probably has never been more unequal than it is in terms of resource. Um, yeah, and India v West Indies is maybe the most extreme resource gap example of that. On, yeah, on the Test match side. Um, so look, look, the bowling's okay. I mean, I look, I I hope I hope that they rebound to some extent, but. I do worry a little bit like you that um, they could they could be sliding towards something worse, um, and and I don't I, I think as well like, I I don't really know, you know what's the long term vision for West Indies yeah, cricket. Um, I think I think they need help. Yes, like from yeah. other from the other boards. Yeah, you know. Anyway, look, it's sad. Um, we haven't got that much time, so we will move on. I'm going to mention quickly. Sri Lanka are playing Pakistan, Max. Uh, Shaheen Afridi back in action there. Three wickets for him. Uh, the big story from this, and this is the only thing we're going to talk about, is that Pakistan are now playing basketball. Um, yeah. They had scored 221 from 45 overs for five with some pretty crazy shots in there. Shan Masood batting three, got 39 off 30 balls before he was out. Uh, apparently, <laughs> this is this is something Pakistan talked about. They they played their, well, they played nine home tests last year against England, Pakistan, England, uh, Australia and Australia, New Zealand yep. yeah, didn't win any of them I don't think did they 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 a lot of draws in there and they, they get whitewashed by England their their takeaway from it was when they batted they batted too slowly to force results and so they have decided that they're going to play I think what they call the Pakistan way um, okay. which is which is it turns out basketball um, do you think it's a good idea it's better than what they were doing before so uh, I'm all for yeah. it I mean what what was happening in uh, Pakistan was 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 horrendous. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily say that the issue was them not batting quickly enough. I mean, it was um, it was maybe a symptom. I mean, the cause was the fact that they rolled out some of the most turgid pitches I've ever seen in the history of cricket. Um, and then by not scoring quickly enough, they took away any chance of winning the game. So maybe the first thing you do is actually put out some better pitches. But um, I like it. Aggressive approach. It's it's good. Like England, it's you got England are just saving Test cricket one country at a time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so to round off this section, Max, and we'll probably just do questions as a separate bit at the end, so that we can fulfil our advertising obligations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the T20 plot blast. Do you want to? This is a very incongruous. We've got, we've done India, Pakistan, now a T20 blast. Yeah. The unholy trinity. Uh, what happened? It was Black Holiday <laughs> Day on on Sunday, an all Southern affair. Your on, boy Sunday. on Saturday, yeah, did not um, lift the trophy. Was it Saturday? Sunday, Saturday, yeah. it's all one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Somerset. Somerset ended up champions for the first time in eighteen years. So, um, uh, good, good on them. It was uh, it was a good final. Um, it because it was a lot a lot of rain about, obviously. So um, it was low scoring games. Somerset defended 143, I think it was, against Surrey in the first semi-final. Um, it was, um, uh, and then, um, yeah, Essex making it um, through in the first game to join them. But, uh, yeah, they look, I mean, I, when I thought it was going to be, 
I thought Essex's bowling attack for that final was exactly the right bowling attack for the conditions that we had. It was like a, a slow pitch. It had been wet. It was hard to um, hard to get the ball away. And Essex just had a raft of guys bowling it on an awkward length at 80 miles an hour. And um, and it caused Somerset some, some issues. But there was a sort of a, a late flurry at the end to get them up to again, sort of around 140. And, and Essex, um, yeah, just, just lost... Lost regular wickets after a bit of a bit of a fast start, and then Matt Henry nearly um, uh, ended up um, being um, hero. the hero. But uh, it was it was um, it was a great catch yeah, to win it. To wasn't it? Tom Curley Cabell, yeah. yeah, diving catch a slip, diving one hander, yeah, yeah, like a, a deep slip um, to, to to finally end things. So well done to Somerset, picked up a trophy there, um, and they'll be fighting, won't they, for the championship later in the year. Max, should we wrap up part two and then just do all the questions in part three? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast for the final part where we will be talking about Major League Cricket because we forgot it earlier and answering some questions. Happily, Max, we have a question from G to, you know, combine the whole thing into one seamless package what's on the mlc games so max major league cricket it's off to a, a start um what have you made of it um it's been it's been interesting i think um the the big sort of takeaway for me obviously is that la night riders are a total joke yes. and uh, i find yeah. that hilarious especially after sunil narine decided he didn't fancy the uh the, the round trip of um Texas to Birmingham to Texas, and um, <laughs> the the result was uh, they were bowled out for fifty against um, Mumbai. So uh, so that was funny, and um, as predicted but unpredicted before the start of the tournament, where we said Seattle Orcas looked like the uh, the worst side, they are top with two wins from two. So um, the the prediction the prediction orator strikes again. Um, I mean, it's there's been. Um, there's been some big performances. I mean, Corey Anderson um, was was one of those in in one of those victories. Uh, obviously, it's it's been something that's been dominated by the overseas players. But there have been a couple of big performances from some of the the local talent. Um, but you do need to put that in inverted commas because uh, one of those was from uh, Cameron Gannon, who's basically just. A, an Aussie who's two meters tall, <laughs> um, and high. used to play in the yeah used to play in the Big Bash, and then got done for chucking, um, and I don't know I guess uh, kind of at least in America and has, has ended up over that here. That makes sense, doesn't it? Like that's you know you can you can pitch in baseball, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, twi- think twenty four degrees they measured the uh, elbow flexion at when um, when he got sighted. Like that. Yeah, it's um, quite a, quite a lot more than you're allowed. Throw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, he um he had a he had a day out in, in one of the games. I think we've we've seen some funny snippets, haven't we? Um uh, the, the run, out. run out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was that was spectacular. Finn um, Allen literally didn't run is the is to how I would describe that. He knocks it into the leg side and walks a single and the guy at mid-on walks over to the ball. This all happens at walking pace. Throws it at the stumps. And only then is Finn Allen like, oh, shit. Tries to get in. Jams <laughs> his bat into the floor. Drops his bat and is run out by about three yards. Um, yeah. It also it also features the umpire, Aline Dar, doesn't it? Who looks very disappointed in, in what he does. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a sad dad. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. It's and like he I wanted to shout at him and be like, what are you doing? Hurry up. 
Um, yeah, I think we're just we're waiting for a. Sorry, go on. I mean, look, it's yeah. a franchise league. It's a franchise yeah. league. It's 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 what it is. Uh, to some extent, they're all the same. It's all the, it is the same traveling circus. Um, yeah, it's in its first iteration, so it's not going to make waves. I don't feel as a. Um, well, it's like a frontline league, I suppose you maybe describe it as that. Like, it's it, if it is going to develop into something massive, it won't be yeah. this time. This we'll be talking no. about it in five years. Not a bad start. And I, I've heard that um, it was initially only going to be broadcast on Willow TV in, in the States, which is the streaming platform for cricket there. But apparently it's been picked up by a couple of cable places. So yeah. we'll make it onto regular TV, which I think is part of the strategy. And uh, yeah. I hope so that's a yeah. breakthrough. I think there, there's yeah. signs, aren't there? There's positive signs. Like people have gone yeah. down. It's been the you know it's, it's been in, enjoyed by the people that are there. But um, yeah, I mean, for, I mean, for an international audience, obviously, it's they the timings have been made for the American audience, which is good. I think that's an important thing when you're trying to get cut through. But obviously, that makes yeah. it a little tricky here, but. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, well, one of the games starts at one thirty a.m. So, yeah. uh, Amit, Dugan, not going to stay up for that. <laughs> change of pace says, "Why does Jack feel day by day like the protagonist from Napoleon Dynamite? Um, who is Napoleon Dynamite? I, I think uh, I could have just said, why does he feel like Napoleon Dynamite?' I, I, I don't feel really like you're going to have to answer that, that one. Well, no, I, know, I, mean, I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't observe me. I don't really like Napoleon Dynamite. I find Do it not. find it quite an annoying film. Um, we'll move on from that then, shall we? Maybe, uh, maybe that's maybe that's why you're like on a holy dynamite. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> ben Smith says, "Will the old man return to his previous glory from the James Anderson end?" Also, given my heavy workload, given the heavy workloads of Stark and Cummins due to the limited overs Oz, Oz have had to bowl, do you, do you think both Marsh and Green would work at the expense of Boland and Hazelwood? So, I think we discussed this earlier in in, in, in part one. We don't think that they'll go for both of them. We think that. Hazelwood will play um, and I think that more or less settles that I think Australia will play a conventional team they're not they're not really wacky guys the Aussies they take it pretty seriously um, I we didn't really say whether we thought that would be good did we we sort of said he, it was an um, okay selection do you do how many how many wickets is good four for the match five for the match five for the match let's say five for the match and would, would that be would is he likely to get that I reckon he's going to get five in an innings. Oh, well, that would be a. I reckon he's. I reckon he's going to have a. He's going to have a spell where he's uh, where he's unplayable. With the, it's going to be clouds. It's going to be rain. It's going to be you know there'll be there'll be a period where the ball's probably hooping, and I reckon um, Jimmy could have a moment. But I did also say that I think England will lose, um, and that's entirely possible because they could easily get bowled out for a hundred. Cool. Uh, So moving on, Munaf says, "Can Bearstow open to make room for folks?" If he dropped more catches, uh, if 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 he drops more catches and Crawley does poorly, so I, I think, I think no on all counts there. I I just I know that I understand the logic, but I don't think England are operating no. using that as their as their reference point. I think they're pretty. It could happen. Set it's an, it's an option. It's an option on the list of things that aren't completely insane. Yeah, but it won't happen. No, so I don't. I don't think so, and I don't think we'll see folks um, in this series. No, I. I think. I think we might see folks back for the next Test series in India. Some people are very sort of, you know, oh, England. They've decided it's best. their man forever. I think actually England have decided best. their man for the England. next Test matches. Yeah, for the next two matches. Yeah. Um, I, I think they might reevaluate that depending, you know, depending what happens. So the, the reality is, you know, Bearstow at number seven has got one hundred and fifty. 
hundred, seventy-five, seventy-five runs off seventy-five balls in his locker. Say we don't yeah. know if folks has got that. I think that's why they're they're going with Bear. So, um, Wiki says, will Wood be able to play the fifth test if England can win or draw this test? I think they will definitely play him. Yeah, if the series is live. He reckons he can. Yeah, I, I think there's almost I think they almost definitely will try and play him. And um, they'll 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 need him. At the Oval, if they want to win, they'll need him. He re- he said he was. He said he would be able to do the last three tests. I think. Um, yeah, I think so. I hope so. Next, Alex says, "Do you think there's been a lack of analysis on the different difference in the bowling tactics used by England and Australia? For example, the difference between how England approached Head and how Australia approached Book Brook, both of whom have struggled against the short ball previously." Um, what's your take on bowling analysis? What's your take on the, both bowling sides in the in the, the bowling sides tactics in the in the Ashes so far? I think I think England have probably thought more about what their bowlers like doing compared to what the Australian batters are weak against. I think um, Kawaja and Warner would be like my my main sort of evidence at that point. You've got um, Broad. Obviously, round the wicket to Warner is a known thing, but Broad likes bowling around the wicket to left-handers, and Broad bowls round the wicket to Kawaja. Um, Anderson prefers bowling over the wicket to left-handers, and he's been bowling over the wicket to both Warner and Kawaja now. And that's you know, despite obviously the the well-documented um, stats that suggest that Kawaja is is weaker when the bowler's going over the wicket to him. But England have stuck with what their bowlers are most comfortable doing, which is. Yeah, you know, I I would I would quite I've sort of questioned that when it comes to Kawaja because he just looks so much more comfortable with with one way round, and they have after a while sort of mixed it up and tried it. But you know, I think their go to is we're going with what the bowler's comfortable with, and I think Australia are probably more the other way. I think they're more a kind of we're going to go with what we think the you know batter likes the least. So um, you know, it's been straight to the short ball for Chris Wokes and Moan Ali when they played. I think Harry Brook. I don't, I don't necessarily know if there's that easy places to bowl to Harry, but they've got him out with the short ball twice, um, and on both, yeah, both of those sort of occasions has been him trying to make some room and then whack it down the ground to where there's no fielders mm. and then not getting it right and spooning it up to cover. Um, so maybe that's you know that's their weird plan to to Harry Brook, but they've employed that a couple of times, like with, yeah, with no one um, straighter than like cover and. And mid wicket. So I, I, if there's a difference, I think that's probably, probably where it is. But I, I think, I think they, they're pretty good, um, generally, uh, when the bowlers are on. Anyway, when the bowlers are on, they're quite good at identifying what they're trying to do, um, on commentary, that is. But uh, I, I think if there's a difference, that's why I would put it. Um, Nick says, who should be RCB's next coach and why should they hire Dan Weston as an, as an analyst to help <laughs> out in player recruitment? We'll obviously hire Dan. I mean, like a big friend of the podcast, Daniel Weston. We never call him Daniel. Maybe we should start calling him Daniel. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like the, the rumor is Andy Flower, isn't it? That it will be Andy yeah. Flower who comes in to to coach there. He, he left Lucknow last week. Uh, it's a little bit of a surprise that we, you know, we, we don't do a year-round IPL show because there isn't really that much news. But in terms of news in the IPL, Mike Hessen being fired, well, released, mutually parting ways, whatever yeah, it was, however you want to describe it. It. Um, it was 
it was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, I, I thought. Uh, I, 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 there are, I think the level above where Hessen was working, at ownership level, they are a bit of a basket case. I, I don't think they think particularly deeply about long-term strategy. And I think he didn't win anything for three years. Yeah, he turned them from a team that were finishing at the bottom to a team that were regularly competing for the playoffs or making the playoffs. But, um, you know, I, I th- it's a results business is what the owner would almost certainly say. And he didn't win. He didn't literally win the IPL. So I suspect that was why he, he ended up going. Andy Flower. Tom Moody. Ooh, winner. Tom, it could, it's going to be Tom, Tom Moody. Moody. I'd be stunned. <laughs> uh, last one then, Max. This back. Uh, thoughts on the ICC limiting overseas players and franchises to four for the playing 11. What do you reckon about that? Um, the, is that, is that an ICC directive? That that, yeah, I think they're, I think for major nations, it might just be major nations. So this mm. might exclude the cricket tournament in the desert and it might also exclude yeah. major league cricket. I'm not Well, neither sure. of those actually count as T tw- official T20 okay. stats right. anyway because so of where they're based. Right. So yeah. Yeah, so they, um, they might not be officially ICC sanctioned tournaments, but for the major nations that that's what they have said they will do to I think limit the number of people that see globe trotting franchise cricket as a as a career option and, and yeah uh, i suppose in theory protect the international game longer term mm. uh yeah i mean I, I can sort of see it from that point of view but i i'm not i'm not sure i'm not so hot on it because you could you could just maintain you can let the, uh, a franchise tournament have five overseas slots in the side and maintain yeah. the number of overseas slots you have in the squad and that's not going to change anything because people are still going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe they're more likely to go because they may, might they might think they get a game. But also, you're going to end up with them actually playing some some cricket. Well, they could, yeah. Maybe that's a slight detriment to um, uh, local sides. But like you know, when you, we're talking about um, the IPL and the impact sub and the you know the great number of sides that that they've got going on, I think you know a, a, an extra overseas player or at least allowing the impact sub to be an overseas player i don't know how that would fit in to to their rules of of four um it would probably be good for the game i think it's a bit of a weird one um because yeah like i say like the if the squad number's not changing then they're still going to go yeah i i i think i think that's a pretty reasonable point i think they they basically i suspect want to protect against a situation and this could happen this genuinely could happen where um, the Saudi Arabian investment fund decide they'll pile into West Indies cricket uh, under the condition that they are uh, will have eight overseas players and they make yeah. the CPL the best league in the world and, you know, screw up the 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 cash cow for everyone else like that, that yeah. yeah there is there is a scenario that might be a bit fringe but there is there are scenarios like that 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 could be on the cards mm. um, and if if that happened it would be it could be a bit of a disaster for international teams like let's say yeah. you know, there's a, a league with eight teams and some they decide that they're going to allow eight players plus four overseas bench players now there's what's, what's 12 times eight a lot that's what it is. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of players that are suddenly going to go over to 96 and, um, yeah 96 players maybe more I think they want to maybe protect against a situation like that. I, I, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think the rubber is going to meet the road some po- at some point with franchise tournaments. Probably not quite there yet, um, but there's going to need to be a better resolution to how international cricket coexists with franchise cricket than limiting the number of players in an eleven to four. Yeah, uh, which is which like is a rule. A... Which is a rule that any major nation would pretty much be able to break, I think, without any serious repercussions. So, uh, yeah, there's what it is. Max, Max, we've done we've done our hour. That's another show in the books. We'll be back on Wednesday after the first day of the cricket at Old Trafford. Do join us. Do make sure you click like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram and the, twi- the Twitter pod, the Cricket Pod, at the Cricket Pod on Twitter. Uh, and you can sign up as a Patreon. It's in the show notes. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash the Cricket Pod to support the show directly. Thank you very much for listening. Do tell your friends. And we, as I said, will be back later. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.